long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, dot, 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 dot. Is it four dots? Four dots. dots. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Star Wars. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you I so much when you for joining us today. <laughs> it's our Monday episode. And you know what that means? That means it is Take City. We're going to give our takes on all the Star Wars news. Because you already know the Star Wars news. We don't need to report you the Star Wars news. You go to Star Wars Newsnet for that, among other places, of course. But we're here to give you our thoughts on that. And uh, there's a bunch of different stories. So it should be a really good episode. We are so thankful that you are here with us in the Resistance base. Uh, like I said last week, and it's even more so this week, things are starting to warm up out there. Spring is in the air. Optimism, Star Wars celebration. Uh, less than two months away now. <clears throat> Uh, we are in full planning mode here in TRB. Um, and for those of you out there who are not going to make it to celebration, whether you had plans to and you canceled or you just weren't going from the get-go, um, stick with us uh, throughout that week because not only will we be putting out uh, an episode like we always do for you, but we'll also be covering that thing and, and doing a lot of live videos and, and that sort of thing to really pull you into the experience with us. Um, because that's what it's all about. And um, we hope you come along for the ride with us. So uh, thanks for, for being here with us today and moving forward. Uh, James and Lacey with me as always. And speaking of celebration, guys, uh, the first slate of guests have been announced. Some may have been even trickling out as we speak today. Uh, but the first trio uh, is definitely going to put a smile on a lot of people's faces. It did for me because a lot of OG stuff going on here. You have uh, Sheevy Babes himself, Ian McDermott, is coming to Star Wars Celebration. Uh, the most, maybe most iconic, I don't know, one of the most iconic Star Wars actors, Anthony Daniels, uh, who's been in every Star Wars movie, is coming to Star Wars Celebration. And he's always a riot uh, whenever he gets a chance to take the stage. So hopefully that occurs. Uh, hopefully it's not just... Uh, you know, photo ops and stuff. And He's Ashley Eckstein, his gold the voice... jacket. Right, his Definitely. game show jacket. Yes. Um, and Ashley Eckstein, a voice of Ahsoka Tano, will be there as well. So we expect more announcements to come, but it's nice to see uh, people within the Star Wars um, universe, galaxy, content, whatever, um, confirming that they'll be there. It's making it feel more and more real as these types of things happen. So... Um, you guys did like so the stuff like that getting you guys more excited about it because for me I still for some reason feel a little detached as though it's this pretend thing that I'm going to it mm -hmm. doesn't feel real to me yet still yeah definitely it, it um it's kind of one of those things where like it feels like we're planning for something that's happening next year or two years <laughs> from now kind of thing and I think part of that is because we've been planning it since about two years ago you know <laughs> that's true literally yes. yeah and it's like it's just so long been that thing that you say whenever that happens whenever that happens it's like when you say like oh I'm I'm uh I've, I've been working here for five years and then you're like wait a minute no it's like closer to seven now because I've been saying five years for so you know what I mean like mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things so it's weird that it's right around the corner um but it is becoming more real every time you think like well, when do i need to get things delivered or when do we need to know this for sure oh shoot it's like it's like right around the corner exactly so yeah yeah um i think it's interesting that even though we're still a ways away we've only had three announcements but i, I don't know that that i don't know where the schedule lines up so i'll let Lacey talk a little bit about more like about that but 
just I, I saw the three names and all three of them were like I guess I don't I don't even think I expected these three not to be there. <laughs> like these right, three right, felt absolutely. to me like guarantees. Um if they said Harrison really? Ford or something, I would have been like, Oh, oh shoot. That's wild. Oh wow. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Daniels, Eckstein, even even McDermott, like, I don't know. It it seems like I don't know. It seems like they're staples, staples of Star Wars celebration in, in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that because, first of all, Anthony Daniels is never going to say no to anything Star Wars related. He will say yes till the end of time. So I'm not surprised to see him there. And I know everybody jokingly calls me the Star Wars celebration queen, but I would argue that is Ashley Eckstein. Like, she is at every con. She created her universe. Like, she is the Comic-Con queen. Um, so I'm not surprised to see her on this list as well, especially because I'm sure they're going to have like a her universe booth there anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, and well, she does she like all there, right? And fo- yeah, she big photo yeah. shoots and stuff. Yeah. Um, and she also does a lot of the other Disney events uh, like she did. She was at the Star Cruiser. She does the big events in the parks and stuff. So I, I'm not surprised. I'm sure we'll see her at Star Wars night at Disneyland because like she just she she loves this stuff. So she lives it and breathes it. McDermott has been to tons of celebrations and done. He always has a panel where they sit down with him and chat about his experiences. And he gives little like quips here and there. And he he's just a really funny guy, actually. He has like this very dry sense of humor. He's really great. Um, so like James said, I'm not surprised these three are coming. But I mean, it's a great start. Um, but I do agree, James, that it is a little late, you know, later than I think they even wanted to announce stuff. I think the past two years, people just assume like, oh, they're just holding things. And that's not true. I think because of everything getting thrown off, they have to like redo time frames and whatnot. Um, so they are a little behind on their announcement schedule and they're trying to get caught up a bit. But uh, I can't wait to see what else they have to announce. Hmm. Yeah, it should be. It should be pretty crazy when it comes down to um, how everything shakes out because I think it, there's a little bit of trepidation amongst a lot of people about what's going to happen in regards to um, with uh, there's still uh, the, the unease going on still with you know restrictions and mandates and you know COVID and all that stuff and 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 like you know when you think about the last celebration we went to in 2019 things were pretty locked in months and months in advance in terms of uh, fan mm-hmm. panels and that sort of stuff and. You know, this is all pretty up against the wire. So it almost, for me, feels like there's a lot of things that they weren't un- positive about until quite recently. And we're all kind of in this together to make it happen from the fan perspective and, of course, the people uh, running this thing and the talent that are coming in. Like, you know, when James said, I- I'm not surprised about Anthony Daniels and Ian McDiarmid, I was a little bit because, you know, they got to fly over from England. And, you know, right. there's, there's huge spikes of COVID in England and they got to make, the you know, I'm sure it's not as easy as how it used to be a few years ago flying over here. And the fact that, you know, maybe this wasn't completely locked in, say, a month ago. And so I I am like hearing those names, I would say in a normal celebration year. Yes, that's Uh, but hearing that they are coming. I'm not thinking about the real world. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) But but the fact that they are coming to this one makes me feel really confident about um the state of things and all that. So um, really excited to hear more announcements of uh, more people from Star Wars that are going to be there. And uh, I'm not a big um, photo op autograph person just because I get a weird anxiety with like 
celebrities in that way. I'd rather <laughs> what do just say mean? like hello. I don't know. I, I I don't like for me. I I this is just me. I feel weird being like I bought a chance to take a photo with you or something, and it's just I I that stuff it, it like gives me anxiety for some reason. I don't know why. I'd rather just like see someone and be like hello. You know. I've never been so nervous than walking up to Mark Hamill asking him to sign something. I don't think I've ever <laughs> been more scared in my life John, yeah, I mean, to defend more... what you're saying. Like, I was genuinely, like, terrified to see, like, am I about to get embarrassed right now? Am I right. about to and, get shunned? <laughs> but I think if I saw Mark Hamill in, like, a coffee shop or, like, at a department store where, like, he was kind of blending in and he wasn't like, next... Mm, oh, you like mm-hmm. you like Luke, huh? Great. He would never. <laughs> he would never. I, no, I don't but, know, man. I feel I like, like I'm the opposite. A... I would more no. likely. Oh, I would no be way. less uh, worried walking through the line because I know it's like part of the thing. But like, if you see him out and about, then it's a little bit like you're infringing on their privacy or their. Well, that's free how time. I felt. Because I was in the airport, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. he doesn't want to be bothered." But this is my once in a lifetime chance right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like though I wouldn't ask him about obvious things. Like if we were in the aisle at the grocery store, and I'd be like, "So you a tricks guy, or are you like a fruity pebbles guy?" And that's all I would say to him. And then he'd be like, "Do you know who I am?" Be like, "I know." <laughs> Just come on. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I, I am excited. It's. Uh, I hope it start. Like, there's gonna be one moment. I don't know when it's gonna be, but it's gonna like hit me in the face, like. Wow, you! This is definitely happening. But so far, when it we're still in the feels car like to this, the airport, <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. It's just right now, it still feels like this thing that is just not real yet. If but I'm I saying like guess, when we're sitting in the car or on the plane, maybe. If I maybe. had to guess, like uh, since we're we're doing it early, it might be Galaxy's Edge or Disneyland to some degree. You're gonna be like, I feel like I'm in a dream right now. <laughs> like yeah. you guys going are gonna home. love it. Yeah. You've never been. Yeah. You're gonna love it. It's so great. So I've never been to Disneyland or Galaxy's Edge, so literally well, double Galaxy's whammy. Edge. Um, all right, but we do have a bunch of news to get into. So we'll be obviously in the weeks ahead leading up to Celebration, we're going to talk way more about it and we'll probably dedicate a nice episode to how to optimize your experience at Celebration because a lot of people um, enjoyed what we did in 2019 with that. Uh, but for now, it is time for the Resistance Report, James. <laughs> It's the resistance. Uh, as you guys remember, a couple weeks back, there was a big EW cover story um, of revolving around Obi-Wan Kenobi. And when they when EW got all of that information, they looked at it and they said, wow, we can do three really solid stories out of this. Let's make it five. and well uh, played (laughs) today we got another one of those articles which was uh you know deborah chow reflects on why they brought darth vader into obi-wan kenobi um we we can really just open this up and kind of talk a little bit about what uh was in the article but it was kind of a refresh over some of the things we'd heard before but at least from this time it was deborah chow uh, and her perspective of why Vader was important and why he was part of the story. Um, there were some other uh, notable people here and there with a couple quotes, but um, that was basically the crux of the story. At least that was the headline. Um, so, John, what was your takeaway on this particular EW article? Um, I would say 
it from the quotes it sounds at least like Deborah Chow was really given an opportunity to voice her wants and needs in terms of uh the story they want to tell um which you know a director should of course but um you know she and I'm not trying to disparage her in any way but you know she's not a household name so to speak um and she's done great work in the Mandalorian and among other things but uh the fact that um she was so um a part of what was going on creatively from the story perspective and saying like I wanted to make this a character driven story and you got to bring in people who are important to this character's life that character being Obi-Wan Kenobi and you know number one number two and number three are going to be Anakin so uh if you're going to do a character driven story and I don't see any situation where this wouldn't have been that even if it was a movie and Deborah Chow wasn't a part of it um it for me it's hard to say you're going to do this you know this really character focused story with elements of drama about what this guy's been going through and not include Anakin Vader at all. It almost sounds silly at this point. And this is off the heels of what we went through last week with the rumors about maybe it was Maul at one point and mm-hmm. uh, then Vader was brought in later. Who knows? Um, I'm having a hard time. Vader, Vader? Not. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm having a really hard time seeing this without Vader. So, um, Nothing surprised me about what she said in that regard. Even the stuff about, you know, seeing Vader walk on set and anything like that. So there was nothing out of these quotes that were kind of like, ooh, that is interesting right there. Um, But it's the reassurance. And I'm really excited to see what she brings to the table with this series because we saw what she did for The Mandalorian. um, But this is really her project now. You know, she directed episodes for John Favreau and his showrun project. This is her project. Um, and, and granted, she's working with writers and stuff like that. But, you know, soup to nuts, uh, chapter one to close the book, this is hers to direct and how she wants to tell this story. And I think that's really, really important. I know I've said this before on past episodes, but the closer we get to the Kenobi series, and now we're less than two months away, the, the fact that we're going to get the same aesthetic and same feel and same rhythm uh from chapter to chapter is something i'm looking for uh as a change of pace from what we got with the mandalorian and the book of boba fett that's not to say i didn't like those but it was like ooh, this episode feels a lot different than the one rick famiyua did and then deborah chow's one and then we, we kept talking about like the director's styles and stuff and now it's just gonna be like nope this is one neat thing that you could watch seamlessly and it has the same flow texture vibe shot sequences you know all that type of the way directors tell a story i'm really really excited about that Mm -hmm. and i hope she delivers because like i keep saying this uh in my opinion the show is something that they cannot screw up um for many reasons so um i'm excited and i i'm more excited to see ewan mcgregor out and about doing the the talk shows and stuff because he's He's just so engaging and you want to hear that guy tell stories and stuff. So that's what I'm looking forward to more than this. Uh, But, you know, I'll tip my hat to EW for stretching this out and and, and putting out all these different articles for what seems to be the same day's sequence of interviews. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. You said that they were all done by Deborah Chow because I have here says JJ was supposed to come back and do the last one. Close it out. (laughs) 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 You should have said uh, Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, 
Lacey, um, you looked at this article. Was there anything mm-hmm. specifically that stuck out? Was it a lot of the same? What were your thoughts? Um, I think Deborah Chow's amazing, first of all. That's not in the article. I'm just saying that. Uh, second of all, I really enjoyed her talking about Hayden being back and how he's Canadian as well. And the fact that when he was on set, just how Ewan was making jokes about like, hey, I'm still here. One of my chopped liver, like, I'm still important because everybody was just so in awe of Darth Vader because he's just such an iconic character, not just in Star Wars, but in cinema, that it's hard to kind of look at the character on set and not be just like in awe, regardless if the goat Kenobi is standing right there. You're like, oh, look, but there's Darth Vader, <laughs> like that kind of thing. He's probably old hat after a couple days. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I really loved hearing about that and and, and how she talked about which I find that this is a common thread throughout narrative throughout these interviews with Hayden, you and Anne Deborah Chow is that they're the consistency of talking about how they've witnessed different generations of fans with this project and how that's they've seen people that love the prequels interact with it and people that are maybe original trilogy people interact with it and how you and especially has kind of expand the character of Kenobi has gone across all these generations obviously and and it's kind of bringing everybody together so I can't help but hope that that's the case when this show comes out is that it's going to be a collective everybody's like hyped about it because so far that's been the case and I really want that to continue on as this show comes out I find that lately with Star Wars it's like a show comes out and there's always like oh this was terrible or like the first initial thing is to be like oh i'm so pumped Mm. and then it comes out and then there's always people that are just so quick to pull something apart or pick on certain things whether it be like eggs that grogu's eating or certain you know tuscan raider characters or whatever you whatever have you you know whatever people are upset about at the moment i i just really hope that people don't go in so pumped about this show that they don't recognize like what an awesome moment this is as a star wars fan like yeah you don't have to 100 percent be on board but just the idea that like we're getting more star wars we're getting multiple shows this year and we're getting shows with characters that we never thought we'd see again with actors that we never thought we'd see pl- them play these characters again yeah for sure and there's something to be like really grateful about that um but yeah no i just really loved her talking about darth vader and how how everybody on set was so in awe. And I think Ewan said the comment about how like he was on set and everybody got really quiet and he was like, what's going on? And then he turned around and Mm -hmm. then, you know, Darth Vader comes around the corner and everyone's like, oh. So like, I just know that I'm going to have that moment too. I don't know about you guys, but like when I see Darth Vader on screen, it's just going to be such an awesome moment, just like it was in Rogue One. But I feel like because he's up against Ewan or in uh, in scenes with Ewan, it's going to hit a little harder than him mowing down people in a hallway. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd be I'd kind of be curious if they're going to go with the big entrance thing with Vader because that's like I think he's going to get a slow-mo entrance at least yeah like most of his ent- entrances are pretty theatrical mm-hmm. <laughs> from A New Hope when mm-hmm. the you know the door gets blasted open and he walks through and puts his hands on like Superman <laughs> or like Rogue One when the door slowly opens and you see a shadow and, on Mustafar and yeah. the breathing hallway. is the most dramatic thing for me when you hear the breathing before you even see him I still yeah. remember the excitement I felt when that happened. Like, just hearing the noise, you're like, no. Yeah, and they did that the best in The Empire Strikes Back when Luke is, like, looking for him and you yeah. hear Darth Vader yeah. and you don't know when he's going to pop out. Mm-hmm. It's like the boogeyman. It's like Michael Myers. Oh, but, it's so good. 
I, I, I almost, a part of me almost wants him to just casually show up. So that's just like, yeah, because he's supposed to be here. Imagine you and get you know to an I'm elevator like, and Vader's in there and they get in, they just look at each other yeah, and they're like, yeah, oh, just well. like, just like, yeah. At the beginning of Empire, <laughs> he just kind of, he's just standing there and then he walks up and he goes, you found something. It's not like, dun, dun, this big giant reveal of Darth Vader. I think mm-hmm. it'd be cool if he just walked up and he's like, what, what's going on here? I want the big reveal. I'm, I guess I'm cheesy. I, yeah, I'm cheesing it. I want the big reveal with yeah. the slow mo entrance that everybody turns, like, you know, basically like a 90s teen movie where the girl gets the makeover and comes down the stairs like she's all that. Like, that's what I want for Vader, where yeah. he has this big. They're going to do that. Moment. Yeah. I mean, in Rogue One, Freddie Prince Jr. will be there waiting. In yeah, Rogue right One, the too, they the also did like the water draining thing. So it's like, yeah, we, we maybe we go back there and they they show us that same thing, but it's like this time it reveals Hayden Christensen. With so it's like, yeah, now yeah, I need a Vinici. Photoshop of Vader's face on her when she comes down the stairs in the red dress. <laughs> um, <laughs> I when when I read this though there was one takeaway uh, from it that I thought was probably the biggest thing for me um, because she says for us it's very similar to Obi Wan in the sense that he's been uh, bet- that he's between these two trilogies she's talking about Darth Vader so he isn't mm-hmm. he isn't a New Hope Vader quite yet yeah. you know what I mean um, she goes on and she says it's kind of in the middle so it's still Vader obviously but it's Vader that isn't quite fully formed as a New Hope and I was like I. She says, "Do you, she literally says the quote, you know what I mean? And I was like, I don't know what you mean <laughs> because <laughs> like in Imagine a lot of interview, ways, you're like, no, please, ex- please go into that. In a lot of ways, I've, I've seen Revenge of the Sith and he's Vader, like boom, right out of that. So it's like his suit is perfectly that. So maybe it's I the w- the hesitation at the end of revenge of the Sith, or oh my god revenge so of yeah he's kind of he's a little bit where more he's asking like, about padme. and what about padme yeah and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, and, yeah but i've also seen that they say you know this time in between is like prime vader and by the time he's an, a new hope he's a little over you know what i mean it's like that's mm-hmm. it's still good vader and still strong vader but he's yeah. not quite as like he's like force choke a guy like do this with his lightsaber and stuff. And and I think that's that's the fans trying to piece together, you know, how it makes sense realistically. I But yeah, uh, but I'm interested to see this cause cause Joby Harold is saying like he's a very powerful Vader, you know, and so it's like, okay, so then how does a very powerful Vader that most times we think of him as his prime is mm-hmm. not is she saying it's not quite a fully formed new hope Vader? And I'm like, well, that seems contradictory to me. But you know, I, I'm like, I I don't know. I'm just kind of interested. What what maybe it is like an emotional uh, standpoint. Like he's got a lot of power and he's wielding it like crazy. But it's he's still like emotionally not handling it or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. he's not as cold mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's also the Hayden Christensen factor changes everything. True. Because, you know, there's going to be elements of this show where Hayden Christensen is visibly Darth Vader. Helmetless, damaged yeah. helmet, uh, in his back to tank or in his meditation chamber. And maybe the feeling is, she keeps saying character driven, and who has impacted Obi-Wan and got him to this place. Maybe they go there a little bit with Vader, sort of they how they do in the comics. I was thinking because that, they have yeah. b- Because they have Hayden, this is the one opportunity to do it because he's going to come back and play 
Anakin in Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. That's been reported. Um, but this is the chance for him to do that Vader stuff in between three and four, where maybe he's still sort of transitioning and get, getting over his grief of the loss of Padme. Maybe they tap into that a little bit to make it more of a tragedy so that when we do rewatch the original trilogy, it hits harder with Luke and him. Right. Uh, so they have that opportunity to do that because I don't know that they're going to revisit Vader the way like I've wanted them to. Like, give me give me the Vader focused movie that's going to make two billion dollars and it's where he's you know, just basically going around saying, killing and, Jedi he, and he's cold him and the Inquisitors. And yeah, just doing the thing. Yeah. Um, so this is like that moment. So I don't want a lot of Vader in this series because I don't like the over usage of the Golden Goose. I like it being special mm-hmm. um and then it, uh, it would also be weird if there's a ton of vader in this and then you watch like rogue one and a new hope you're like that guy's hardly in these things what's going on <laughs> um so but the the opportunity they have with hayden uh bringing him back to play darth vader uh they're going to look for all the different possible ways they can fuse the two so that we understand that that's anakin but it's also vader and i think that's going to be pretty cool i just Curious to see how they how they handle it. Yeah. I'm also a little curious how they handle powering his suit because it requires 1.21 gigawatts, which moves right. us to our next story. Well, lightning bolt. Force lightning. <laughs> they could do a lightning bolt. That makes sense. I was I thinking mean, of how I could work that in, James. I, I applaud you. <laughs> mm. I was sitting here um, going, how can I work this joke in? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is we're moving on to our next story here, and it's all about Christopher Lloyd, uh, as he has been reportedly cast as a character in a guest star in Mandalorian season three. So there are a couple people that we know are like kind of confirmed for uh, Mandalorian season three and a couple that we've seen on set and there's leaks and we're not going to get into all that stuff. But this is a a, a pretty reliable uh, source here with Hollywood reporters saying that he's involved. So, um, I mean, there's not a lot to it. He's here. He's involved. He's going to be in the show. We're excited about it. Lacey, I'm going to I'm going to throw it at you first. Um, thoughts on Christopher Lloyd uh, joining the Mandalorian? First of all, wasn't the Hollywood Reporter the ones that did that Darth Maul story? Yes. Who's their source from Lucasfilm that's just dropping all these tidbits? Would they have well, a long lunch? Don't forget, <laughs> the source from Lucasfilm was the one that denied oh, the, that's true. the Maul story. So that's true. they were like, hey, about these two things. And he's like, one is correct. One is not. <laughs> According to Ray Park, Your I choice. mean our source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I think this is a great choice. I recently watched Nobody in the past, I would say, I think it was like five months ago. It was in the fall sometime, and it was one of those movies that I had heard was really good. And I was like, you know, let me throw this on. It was so good. It was one of the best movies I've watched in the past five years. It was that good. And Christopher Lloyd was very good in it because they played to his strengths and didn't make him do like overly crazy action moments. Um, he had like all these shotguns and stuff. It was just like so well done. Hmm. Um, I could see him being a very similar character in the Mandalorian. It would work really well for him. I also think he's really funny. And if he doesn't throw some type of back to the future reference or joke in at some point, hmm. what are we doing here, guys? Oh, I want it. It could, it. It could I pull want you right out the shark though. is what you're doing. I want it, John. No. 
<laughs> I wanted just so John has to gripe about it on an episode of TRB. This, this whole week has been people making <laughs> Star Wars Back to the I Future know. crossover Dandalorian, jokes. Mandalorian, like, Mandalorian. Well, Mandalorian holding well, holding the lightsaber and he's like, it's so heavy. And then it cuts to Christopher Lloyd saying, why does everybody keep using that word? <laughs> Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull? <laughs> Did you see the one that someone <laughs> made of uh, Marty calling Obi-Wan a peeping Tom? Oh, Obi-Wan yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> People are really good. People are really clever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all for the cheesy stuff lately. I, I really want it if it's well done, you know, if he just kind of throws it in being like, Mandalorian's like, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to power this up or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And John, I would hear him all the way to his house being like, ah, like from far away. It's just, yeah. <laughs> uh, just resist the fan service. No, give it to I, me. I Mandalorian hasn't been doing that. Like they haven't been making like strangers with candy references and stuff like that. Oh, they're, no. You know, they're, they're doing a good job at keeping this. But her like, character is well a little aware. quirky. They are leaning into that. Sure, but that's why she was cast. Not sure, like sure, sure. Not like uh oh, we'll have this character make a mention of a red stapler <laughs> or something. You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, but what if he's like you know a scientist or something or some type of like droid mechanic, and he's a little wacky? How about this? And all this I'll give st- you this. <laughs> he's a taxi driver, and that's it. Oh, there no, you go. I hate that. Why do you hate that? Because I want him to make a Back to the Future reference. Taxi's just as good as Back to the Future. No. Mm. <laughs> <Shenanigans>. <laughs> he, he was like he was like Cosmo Kramer before Kramer. I, I get nah, you. You guys ever watch you. Taxi? Yeah. No? Nah, dog. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, so don't even then. You haven't watched. You're like that person. I don't. I don't like that. Oh, have you tried it? No. Also, Man I'm on saying the Moon, I don't like what movie. you're saying. I'm not saying I don't like the movie because I can't comment on the movie. I'm saying I don't like show. what you're telling sure, sure. him. It's a TV Whatever. show. Whatever. I am saying I don't like the reference you're saying they should make. I don't agree he's with gonna it. Be, well, he's going to be a taxi driver. I hate to tell you. All right. No, well, John, what is yeah. uh, your thoughts on Christopher Lloyd joining the show for one episode, multiple episodes? What well, would be the one Back to the Future reference you would be okay with? <laughs> I, that is I, a great I, question, James. John, what I'll, would be the this. one reference that you'd be okay with? You'd let it slide. Uh, um, probably that he and why is fell it off the toilet, <laughs> hit his head, and had a revelation. Really? That? I don't know. I don't oh, care. 1.21. Um, <laughs> but I'll say this. I, I, can, I just hope his performance in this season is as good as Jamie Lee Curtis's was last season. Oh, my gosh. That's a good point. Because she was fantastic. She was that, excellent. That comment is your Matt Smith of The Mandalorian, John. It's that one thing you constantly are like, how about that thing? Huh? So, like, Matt Smith with the movies, you kept... Saying like, oh, what about Matt Smith? Knowing that Matt Smith wasn't in it. Right. And now Jamie Lee Curtis is that Matt Smith thing for the Mandalorian for you. Well, that was the Jamie Lee thing was just that ran it was that. Re- mm. reported once uh, and people ran with it that she was in it. But I don't know who knows what happened. But yeah, if he's in it, if Christopher Lloyd's in it, I think he's going to be playing a human. I think his part's going to be very, very short. And uh that's pretty much it. Like maybe like I'm thinking, I'm not saying like the character, but think of 
screen time and maybe some sort of significance. Think of like Max von Sydow's Lauren, Laura Santeca in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. That type of on-screen time. Uh, he's 83, 84. Um, he's not going to be sitting in a makeup chair for four hours becoming an alien. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. going to get him in there to do his part and um, hopefully it's you know nothing too too meta because I you know I, I'm not trying to to suck the fun out of the room but I feel like that level of stuff sometimes is a little jump the sharky to me like like I don't need a we don't need the back to the future nod just because I mean, Christopher Lloyd is a really talented guy and he played Doc Brown sure, sure but he's done a lot of other stuff so you don't want um, him saying do- where you're going Mando you don't need roads. <laughs> if they do, I think that'd be embarrassing. Honestly, I really do think that would be embarrassing. I, I, I would like something to be 1.21 something. Like 1.21 uh, parsecs or something. And that then, he, and then like James on nice Bob little, Strike Back, he just looks at the camera. Catch it. Just like... <laughs> By the way, that was not Screen Rant. They were the number one article that pulled up, but it was somebody else who reported it. So. Mm. Um, but I love, I love Christopher Lloyd, and if he's in it, cool. Um, but I think it'll be very brief. He'll be a human of some kind, and that'll be that. He could be. Maybe he's maybe, maybe he's Grogu's like dialect coach or something. That is a possibility. He could also be a bounty hunter. Eh. James killing it on the segways tonight. You killing it? <laughs> no, <laughs> killing I, the I, game. <laughs> I, I don't want to give away too much of that segue because the next story is kind of one of those like weird spoilery things. It's it's not. It's a it's a character that's going to show up uh, or has some sort of role in the show. Uh, it is a bounty hunter, so I kind of gave that away. But if you don't want to know, uh, this is a Star Wars Newsnet exclusive thing that we have here. So uh, skip it if you want, but. I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, you know, we have from a credible source that a certain character is going to show up in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and that is the bounty hunter for Loam. Um, He will be making an appearance in the show, and we don't really have a lot of specifics about his involvement, but we are assured that he will have a bigger role uh, that's more than just mere seconds, uh, you know, like on the screen in Empire Strikes Back. So... Um, I don't know. Like, what are your guys' thoughts, uh, John? Specifically, like, this is a Star Wars Newsnet exclusive story. So, uh, for Loam in Obi Wan Kenobi, I think it's cool. I mean, I, I I like these old school bounty hunters. Um, I like that he has sort of like a protocol droid droid body with like a praying mantis head. Um, because I like when they talk about making those old Star Wars characters, they were really just like piecing stuff together from the creature shop. And they're like, what if we make him a bug head and the rest of him's like C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to see Zero, which is another version of that droid in the Mandalorian season one. Season one? Mm-hmm. Season two? Two. Both. Oh, both. technically both, I think. Yeah. Oh, right. Frog Lady uses it to talk. Right. Yeah, because it... Um, yeah, because that's where he came back in the second season. He was already dead by that point. Yeah, I, I think this is cool. I'm curious if that means we're going to see Zuckus because I know those two kind of worked hand in hand and they were both on the platform in Empire Strikes Back. Um, but there's a lot of opportunities, you know, to, you know, to, who, we may see Boba Fett in this series. We may see uh, Dengar. We may see a bunch of these guys. Bosk, who knows? Uh, but I like the fact that it it feels very original trilogy to me in the sense that Obi-Wan is now the Millennium Falcon where it's like there'll be a substantial reward to the one who finds and then it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi 
and you have the inquisitors <laughs> out to get him they want to kill him then you have the bounty hunters and maybe going to capture him like there's gonna be the stakes are gonna be higher because of that and it's also a, a good way to get a character in there without being too shoehorned uh, i'm not saying this guy's gonna have some fleshed out arc for long <laughs> but it'll be cool to be like oh dude that's for long that's so cool so yeah. it's a, it's a it's a fun thing that they're gonna throw in there i think and um there's never anything wrong with that so i don't have there's not too much else to say about it but i'm excited to to see if we catch him pop on screen Lacey, um, is this a spoiler for you? What are you thinking? Um, not really, because he's like a side character. Again, I go back to the Mandalorian season two. I feel like Ahsoka and Cobb Vanth being announced, those are kind of spoilery to me more than this. This is more like, hey, this cool Easter egg character is showing up at some yeah. point. And it's like, oh, cool. You would have noticed it anyway, but it doesn't ruin the story for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know with Ahsoka, I was like, okay, well, clearly... That's a that's a major character that's arriving, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm pumped for people that love bounty hunters and original trilogy fans, and I think this is just another example of the series kind of pulling from that toy box, whether it be the Mandalorian or Obi Wan Kenobi or Cassian Andor, like kind of connecting everything together, which I love to see. So yeah, I'm pumped. I agree with everything you guys are saying, and and yeah. uh, I know you know me, and and listeners know me. I'm not one to really complain about fans complaining, but when I did <laughs> read this, the first comment I saw was going to be weird to see him not with Zuckus or whatever. And I was like, really? Like, that's the <laughs> first thing? Just because, like, he was on screen standing next to this character. And I, I know there's more to it, too. Like, within Legends, I think they were kind of a tag team or something. But, like, mm-hmm, chill mm-hmm. out. Like, it's like you hear the news, it's like, people are like, mm, I don't know about that, you know? And I was like, oh, come on. It just kind of gets <laughs> me down. There's not a lot to talk about this. I, I think it's cool that the character is showing up. Um, and I think it's always going to be one of those things where you snap and point to the screen. Uh, but and and that's a good thing. They should be doing a little bit of that here and there. And um, I think this particular character showing up in live action, you know, so long after the fact, it, it's not like they aren't waiting for some of these characters. It's not like they've been trying to do so much live action. It's like now that they're now we're like forty years later, um, we feel like it's time that we can we can play with new things and we can also play with some of the old stuff. And, um, I don't know if it, I don't know if I agree with people saying it's too much. Like, it feels like everything has their like fan service moments and stuff. And I'm like, it's 40 years later. We've waited, you know, like let it happen. You know, it's let fine. people yeah. have fun and yeah. have a good yeah. feeling after everything that's happened. Like, and it continues to happen by the like, way. Like if you don't uh, just like let what people Disney's have those doing, good moments. Yeah, yeah. Then you've had an era of star Wars for 30 years. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. that was a great time or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now they're switching it up. Let's do some stuff with some of these other characters and do creative things and make callbacks and uh, whatever. And then 30 years from now, uh, a different corporate Amazon will buy Star Wars <laughs> from Disney or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they'll reboot everything. What, that's fine. And I then we'll care. be in the metaverse in yeah. VR living Star Wars. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> I, for for now, I'm I'm cool with this Star Wars and what they're doing. So bring on the bounty hunters from the Empire Strike Back, Strikes Back in a uh, new Disney Plus series. That that's mm-hmm, cool for me. Mm-hmm. Um, next uh, thing on the list, and this is going to be our main our last main topic. Uh, we have an excerpt from a new novel that's 
coming up soon uh, from Adam Christopher. And the novel is called The Shadow of the Sith. And if you need a quick callback, this was the book that they announced that is about Luke and Lando post Return of the Jedi going on missions across the galaxy and trying to figure stuff out. Specifically, it kind of ties into The Rise of Skywalker because it has a lot to do with trying to track down Exegol and uh, Ochi of Bestoon and that whole story. That it's Lando like the treadable says. conversation that Lando has with Ray about how him and Luke went to go look for things. Yeah, we like, tried That's it. basically where the book yeah. stemmed from. Um, yeah. our, our tra- what does he say? Like our, our tracks ran dry or cold or yeah. something like that. The ship's out here. If you want to go check it out. Um, they were unable to, to come up with it. But uh, I just got to say like right off the bat, Go read this excerpt. It's nuts. And it kind of like, <laughs> uh, to me, it's like, it it didn't go a direction I thought it was going to go because there's like, you know, there's Rise of Skywalker in there. There's Mandalorian in there. It feels like there's yeah. um uh like young Lando. So it's like some of the older like uh, Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi in there. It's just like, there's so much to it. And it's uh, even like a little bit of Lord of the Rings. Like I can explain that a little bit later, but I was like, dude, this is no, cool. Like, I, I, like mm-hmm. I'm very excited to this. And then um, we'll probably talk about it. I mean, it's an excerpt, a, a twist. If you <laughs> don't want spoilers, go ahead. <laughs> a spoiler on the excerpt that they're clearly yeah. using to market this book. But like, yeah, Anakin Skywalker at the very end of it shows up like in Force Ghosts and saves Luke Skywalker. Side note, while he's on Exegol in like a Force projection vision thing, it it's nuts. So, uh, Lacey, I'm starting with you on this one. Um, you were saying this was like one of the better uh, excerpts you've read from a book to, to sell a book in a while. Adam, if you're listening to this, well done, sir. Hands down, this was the best excerpt I've ever read. <laughs> and I'm not even exaggerating when I read it and I got to the end. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, damn. <laughs> like they went for it because we've been reading excerpts. I feel like for years now from like Thrawn books and all these, especially the Thrawn ones. They can be a little dry High where Republic. you're in like war meetings. Well, I mean, like with the Thrawn ones, like I would get through them and I'd kind of get lost. Sure, this one, but if you're not following High Republic too, you're like, okay, I can read sure, this, but like, sure. I, I, you know, it doesn't do much for me. This, first of all, you had me with Luke Skywalker. I'm going to admit that people complain that there's too much Luke. I could never have enough Luke. Give me all the Luke Skywalker you want. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Um, so automatically I was I was hooked into what the story is going to be about. And the fact that it connects to the Rise of Skywalker is really cool because I've said several times now that uh, leading into the Rise of Skywalker, there was just so much that wasn't said with Palpatine, with Exegol, with what was going on with Luke and Lando and all such stuff. So I'm excited to get some background detail into like what exactly happened. And I think it will also help my view of the Rise of Skywalker change a little bit and or kind of just give fill in some holes for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But this excerpt was so good. And I like you said, James, it definitely had some Lord of the Rings vibes, which I really loved. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where I was reading it and I was like, where is this going? Where is this going? And then at the end where he mentions Ben Solo, I was like, no, they're not. And I was like, oh, they aren't. But this is kind of cool. This is even better with Anakin Skywalker. So I can't wait to see what comes next. Like, I'm not even kidding. I literally out loud was like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. oh, my God. 
Uh, and I know we kind of geeked out before we even started recording this episode of like how we were just like all collectively like this is this is really, really cool. So I really can't read, uh, wait to read this book. Yeah, before before I talk too much about it, um, I, I wanted to mention why it kind of connects to Lord of the Rings or made me have mm-hmm. it because I'm thinking of the Nazgul or, or the. Yes. Uh, yep. Yep. The Kings. Uh, yeah, the 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 kings when he puts on the ring, they're they're all white. And these apparently have like white lightsabers, and they're ghoulish. And and it seems like Luke is like not quite in the normal world. He's in this like other world. It was thing. the He's, nine kings of men, right? Isn't that in yeah, the that, it, that, yeah. that the rings eventually corrupted them and mm-hmm. turned them into the ring rays. And then this was um, nine of these too. Was it? Because mm. my my vibe on it was that it was <laughs> the Knights of Ren for a little bit, and then I was like, right. no, I think this they're very different. clearly hinting yeah. at something different here. But uh, but yeah, it definitely felt like like them. Um, so I, I'm gonna throw it to John. Um, what, reading this, what were your thoughts? Is this a book you might pick up? Is this selling you? Um. Yeah, my only thing about this is, and the, you know, the, the interesting thing is also the connection to the Mandalorian with the Seeing Stone on yeah, yeah very cool, that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's because, the one Grogu gets sat on with the yeah, yeah that's that, butterflies. He's and the Je- yeah, and Luke's the Jedi he connected with, and that's the reason why Luke shows up at the end of season two. So, so cool. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of power and connectivity. It seems like it's the first uh, time he's using it too. Yeah. Right. So maybe so, that implies he's used it other times after I'd like this to, too. I, yeah, I'd like to think that Luke was actually there on Exegol, but it also could be one of those things where it turns out he's having a vision while sitting on this rock still, and he's seeing the potential future if you know he were to you know go down a different path or. I feel like it was kind of a you. Last Jedi preview, like what he was he was projecting himself there, but yeah, because he was with the stone as be. well, it's not. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it definitely could be a, a lot of the things, and I, I think they chose this and ended it in a certain spot to make us speculate on that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. good job by the editors for the excerpt, and uh, great writing job by uh, Adam too, a uh, buddy of ours. So um, if you are, yeah, like Lacey said, if you are listening, Adam, great job. Really happy for you because I knew uh, you knew had the Mandalorian book lined up, and then uh, that got shifted around. Now you have this, so this sounds uh, incredible. So really happy for you, man. The cover's um, cool too. Yeah, it's very old school. I like it. I enjoy that a lot. Um, it, it it's so curious though how he's you know facing these sort of apparitions and they have lightsabers and he he's using all of his might and he's not able to get it goes kind of through them like the smoke monsters or Dementors and Harry Potter or on Lost and that's all kind of uh, haunting in a way, but also like thinking about I was trying to look up that story. I remember hearing about with Vader's sort of realization when he got to Exegol or something and how it maybe gave him trepidation in regards to what he wanted to do with Luke. Um, Yeah, Exegol had seemingly dashed any twisted hopes Vader had to make those desires a reality as he now believes that defeating the Emperor is impossible, leaving him no choice but to eventually kill his son. So there's a lot of darkness there and the fact that Exegol brought Vader to that point um, as opposed to trying to overturn the emperor and and have luke serve by his side him seeing the darkness at exile made him realize he had to like try to destroy his son and then uh, on the parallel to that or the the exact opposite of that we see the white knight anakin there on exile showing up literally in like translucent white 
robes and you picture in your mind that with everything else is like midnight blue and dark on Exegol. So that would like Anakin in that situation would really stand out. Hard um, blue filter on that movie. <laughs> on that location anyway. Yeah. But um, I, I just, I, I was very surprised to see that it was Anakin. I thought it was going to be, when I was reading it, I don't know how you guys felt. I thought it was going to be one of those things where Luke sees himself. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like how in the cave he saw himself as oh, Vader. Oh, interesting. I no, I, I thought, thought Ben Solo. See, <laughs> I thought he was going to see the white-robed version of himself to, again, mirror what he saw in the dark cave mm-hmm. on, on Dagobah. But the fact that it was Anakin and Anakin reached out his hand, it's all very interesting. Uh, so I want to find out if this was real, so to speak, and if that's, you know, the, the ghost of Anakin and he's reuniting with Luke. That's huge. Um, is it a vision? Like, I'm very curious to, to find out, but I like that they cut it as how they did and presented it how they did. And um, I, I would agree. It's one of the more thought-provoking, engaging, and uh, exciting excerpts I've read uh, out of a Star Wars canon book. Yeah, I th- if I had to guess what I think this whole thing was, I, I think it is a vision. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with um, this, <clears throat> you know, seeing stone on Tithoon. I think th- he's given the opportunity to kind of write about uh the what what is the lore of that place. You know what I mean? That that's something, you know, we're going to allow you to to kind of write and and touch on and stuff and he's like, "Oh, cool. So I could I could make anything I wanted. It could be a vision, it could be like a reality. Like it's truly real and he really goes there, but if he dies, then he just is like comes back in his body or something. You know what I mean? Like they could mm-hmm. do whatever they want with this cuz the force is crazy. Um mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but I, I would imagine it probably is just some sort of vision or something like that, but it has to be connected into the bigger, greater force. So despite the fact that it is a vision, I think there's a good chance that that really is Anakin. Like it still is the entity that is there that is talking to him. Um, but it, but I don't know, but it is kind of tricky. Because we've seen visions before where it wasn't so-and-so, you know what I mean? Well, it could be that the seeing stones, like, connecting him to the person that he needed to see. Like, Grogu needed Luke at that point. Sure. Maybe he needed to see Anakin. He needed to connect with his father. Yeah, so it's a little like the mirror in Harry Potter sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Um, how we're like, so like Harry Potter, like Lord of the Rings, (laughs) like all these things, because... That's just what we know. <laughs> yeah. Adam, tell us your secrets and we don't have to guess. <laughs> Maybe he gets transported to the Hunger Games arena. Like, yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like we're just trying to fade in every franchise. Um, and then they get into DeLorean and take off. Did you know the location that the Seeing Stone is at on Tython is called Force Henge? Force Like Stonehenge? Henge? Force Henge. According to Wikipedia canon. Interesting. I wonder where that was stated. Is that data bank? I'm not sure it says... Uh, well, I could probably find out. Um, was a located at the ancient ruins of the Force Henge on the planet Tython. It was dome-shaped <laughs> with ancient runes written around the bottom. If a Force-sensitive force being were to meditate at the top of the stone, it would send a beacon out to any other nearby Force-sensitives. Weird. So Anakin was like so that watching over to Luke to make sure he was safe or something. Mm. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily apply to this story. I don't but know. But that's what that's I was saying is that Grogu needed someone, so he found Luke, and Luke needed someone, so he found Anakin. It like shows you who you need to see, not who you 
maybe, but he also found Exegol. It's like that's who he was. That's what he was seeking. Yeah, what he was like. Yeah, it's the Mandalorian Handbook. Interesting. Oh, the Mandalorian Handbook. Force Hedge. Like like Stonehenge. Oh, right. Wait, Henge, not Hedge, right? Henge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not Ledge, right? I thought (laughs) Henge. <laughs> this is this is an award winning podcasting yeah, right here, may, guys. Maybe this I can help quality. with this Pan Pam situation. <laughs> Pam, Pam. Yeah. Pam. Is it Ruf, Ruvhenge or Revenge? <laughs> yeah. Um, I am all about the book. I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want we have a lot to do on this episode. There were a couple of the stories that we wanted to talk about, but I'm just gonna kind of give you a quick brief overview. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like uh, the Fallen Order 2 trailer is expected at Celebration. Um, that information uh, comes from a uh, games journalist. Uh, he's approved scooper, uh, Jeff Grubb, if we want to shout him out. Uh, he was He's pretty confident that the, the, the train of promotion and all that stuff around Jedi Fallen Order 2, because I, I believe, I don't know if this is official or not, but the believed release date was by the end of the year, like fall sort of uh, 2022. Well, that's the big video game time is Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think the the idea here is that the promotional uh, train starts uh, at celebration and that's when you can expect the trailer. So that's excited mm-hmm. and exciting. And to stay on the whole uh, Fallen Order world, uh, Cal Kestis's uh, lightsaber from the game is now available at Galaxy's Edge, which is pretty cool considering it was a fan-based poll vote, yeah. uh, vote that everybody was able to throw in. And I remember when that got announced because it was like in 2020. Uh, but it, it was one of those things like they they did it and then they had to like figure it out. I don't know, like they had to yeah. make it and put it into production on a... Um, uh, a large base so i guess i don't know it's kind of interesting but it is now official uh as we can see with uh um uh the actor gosh i can't think of his name right now i'm blanking um cameron monahan cameron monahan i kept wanting to say <laughs> dominic monahan and i'm like that's not it <laughs> also a star that's wars not guy. it i know and i was like i don't want to say that, that the worst that's when your brain's it. going yeah. that is not correct and your brain's yes. like nah nah dog it, it's yeah. this it's definitely this um so he's there. i do that with with will forte and will arnett i always mix oh, them up oh really? yeah, yeah, Forever. yeah 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 um but they <laughs> we got a picture of him holding the uh the lightsaber that you can buy right in front of the Millennium Falcon. He did the workshop build at, too. Yep. At Galaxy's Edge. Very cool. So go and check that out or go to do Galaxy's Edge and buy one. I'll, I'll say this. He was he was one person Lacey and I saw at the Rise of Skywalker premiere who was just like in the mix with like all the regular people like us. And he was like taking pictures the, with Chewy. Yeah. Doing the Chewy photos, eating the McDonald's happy meals. Like he was just doing all the regular Having stuff. Having the greatest like, time. Yeah. I and, can't wait to I see that to... cameo in Kenobi. I mean, what? Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, live. I mean, it seems I like they're so. setting I want the table. it for him. You know, he, he looks like the character. Like shockingly, he looks a lot like the character. Almost like to a T. It's ridiculous. <laughs> So why not bring the guy in to play the live action version of him? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
John, does everybody if is are they picking up on the fact that you know? I don't know. That's, right. That's okay. All right. <laughs> I've noticed that a lot of times when I'm joking, people in the comments don't know that I'm. Joking. All right. Well, That's that okay. is it for Resistance Report this week. Uh, Lacey, I'm going to hand it over to you. We have another section to get to, and then I think we're doing even something else at the end. So let's uh let's let's get to it. What's up next? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I sometimes people post that episode about like, does anybody have any tattoos? And it makes me laugh still <laughs> to this day when that happened. Uh, that's a throwback for those people I know. Um, all right. So, guys, it is time for our Patreon pod race. So this is the part of the show that we welcome our generals and spice runners to be a part of the show. We ask them a question, they give us an answer, we talk about it a little bit. But before then, I just want to say that we have this thing called a Patreon, and it's this way that you can support us outside of just liking this video, commenting, subscribing, following on following us on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. If you want to do more, you want to contribute to what we're doing here, you want to support us outside of just watching and sharing and all this other normal stuff that people do, uh, you can get exclusive content, including weekly episodes, Discord server access, live streams, and much more commentary on all the movies if you head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at $2 a month, that's it. Two dollars, you're saying, I want to be a part of the resistance. I'm going to support you guys and what you're doing here. And you are hooking us up to do really cool stuff for the rest of this year. We are planning like crazy for Star yeah. Wars Celebration to make you guys feel like you're there, even if you're not. Uh, we're planning on covering all the new shows that are coming out, probably going to other events. <laughs> John's showing his notes. We are just trying our best to make this the best community possible. And a big part of that is because of you guys. Uh, we want to do the best for you guys. You you encourage us, you support us, you cheer us on, and you're just awesome people. So it kind of gives us the energy to keep going and uh, wanting to do more. So before I get into... The pod race this week, I want to say thank you to our generals. So thank you to Carmelo, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Double C Chris, Chris White, Brendan McClaughlin, McClaughlin? Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> Brendan's McLaughlin. new. Brendan's new. So I get one, one mistake. That's my one mulligan i guess uh also happy birthday jetta rosewater uh hope you had a great day and val trichkoff thank you guys so much generals into our spice runners david probus neil shaw kendall gellner ryan wara dave horneck micah harrison thomas hennessy and andrew staley thank you guys so much for keeping it spicy we're really excited to see a lot of you at celebration including our spice runners that get a little couple extra perks at the show um Mm -hmm. so if you're interested definitely check that out patreon.com slash resistance broadcast uh so this week we have one of our spice runners andrew what up andrew he's one of our ogs here in the patreon community he's been around for a long time we really love him we had uh beers with him at the last celebration we're planning on having beers with him this time as well um so we asked him if you could will a new star wars project announcement at star wars celebration if you could manifest it i added that into existence uh, what would be your dream project announcement and how would you envision it being revealed? So, Andrew, take it away. I've got a ticket to the hottest panel at Star Wars Celebration. It's the Disney Plus preview for the upcoming season and beyond. Suddenly the lights go out in the room and everybody's like, what's going on? 
is this supposed to happen? Is it a mistake? You hear the sound of the Millennium Falcon breaking down. Then suddenly somebody goes, is there anybody that can help us with this? From the back of the room, I can. It's Daisy Ridley in Ray's outfit from The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, she comes up on stage and they happily announce a brand new Ray series that'll feature rebuilding the Jedi and what's happening after the Rise of Skywalker. It also protects the Skywalker saga and puts it as a series on Disney Plus. And we get to see that in action finally. So thanks guys. I'll see you in Anaheim in May and may the force be with you. Awesome, Andrew. Love the lightsaber. Uh, we're twins. I just got mine. It's amazing. Uh, John, what did you think? I liked his opening. <laughs> I'm the hottest ticket in town to the biggest panel at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, a good sales pitch for sure. Um, I had a feeling you were going to go with Ray. I thought we were going to do this solo with Ray, but I know how much you like Ray. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been jonesing for more Ray too ever since like Daisy Ridley's here. I like resurfaced recently. I'm like, Ray's got to come back. Um, but he points out, he's like, let's do, it's going to be a series. And, but he started with like the Falcon and he's like, the Falcon's not working. I'm like, oh, he, he's doing a solo. It's going to be a solo too. series. <laughs> and then he's like, Ray's like, I'll come fix it for you. Uh, so <laughs> the fact that he picked that sounded like more like Dobby than anything. But I think my Daisy's You always kind of do like Dobby. Dobby. You're yeah. always like that. We've <laughs> talked about how your Dobby and Ray are very, very similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Dobby Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> Master Leia gave me a sock. Ray is free. When you give a when you give them a last name, they're free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, but I, I like the idea of that series. Um, I'm still hoping they continue it with movies because I feel like they still need that sort of big juggernaut trilogy thing and i think that still connects loosely to the skywalkers even though the skywalkers are are done with their story but uh i would i absolutely love this so um i liked your pitch i thought you did a great job and and you know hearing your pod race you know it's funny i was saying like celebration doesn't feel real to me but hearing you specifically andrew talk about i'll see you guys in anaheim brings me back to chicago when you were one of the last people we saw before we left and we give you a hug and, and, and we kind of took off from there. Um, uh, that you hearing you is making it feel more real to me. So thanks for that, buddy. I'll get my act together to uh, from like a personal side of things to get my stuff in order to get ready to go. But uh, great job on the pod race. Thanks for all your support. And I can't wait to hang out, man. James. Um, yeah, not, not a lot to add. Uh, John's totally right. Uh, ex- excited to see you and get into the celebration thing. Uh, when I was watching the pod, pod race i had a little bit of that um that like arrested development like pulled the bag out and it said andrew's pitch for uh surprise lucasfilm project and i look (laughs) in the bag and then i go i don't know what i expected (laughs) like (laughs) it was like exactly (laughs) what i should have banana (laughs) it totally should have been uh this oh no it's the dead dove that's right sorry it's a bird or something like that says dead bird, <laughs> it says dead go, bird on in. the back <laughs> yeah. i don't know what i expected uh, <laughs> that's right <laughs> so uh yeah great great job uh, with delivery on the pod race mm-hmm. and everything um yeah as john said uh excited to see you in anaheim it's gonna be nuts and uh bring that lightsaber if you can that'd be pr- pretty cool <laughs> i am so hyped to see how many people bring ray lightsabers to celebration the hasbro one you can remove the blade 
So I'm tempted to bring it with me, but then it's like, how do I carry it around all day? I was kind of tempted to bring this guy, Mm -hmm. mine, Mm -hmm. but I I don't want to bring the blade because that would be a hassle. But I was like, I don't know, maybe when I'm there, like somebody could give me a blade to borrow so that like if you guys do it, I don't know if you're going to do it, but if we all did it, we would have our custom lightsabers there or something. I I bet on Star Wars night, they're going to do one big lightsaber photo. You got to have a lightsaber with you. But yeah, but I'm saying like, I don't want to take the blade with me. So uh, I don't know who I would borrow it from that would work. Right. Yeah. So it's we'll kind figure of tricky. It we'll figure it out. Yeah. Andrew, like I said, you did an amazing job. You and I are buddies when it comes to Ray. Like we just are obsessed with Ray. We love Ray. We want to see more of Ray all the time. Uh, she's just so great. I know that uh, you've told me how like you connect with her story and and, and how that character has gone through the the sequel trilogy which is really nice um also you have a beautiful cat named ray which is really cute um i love your lightsaber can't wait to see it in person i hope you bring it to uh anaheim i can't wait to see you i think i would love your project to come true uh fingers crossed that we get some new announcements that's all i'm really hoping for um but yeah good job and now we're gonna head to john to hear from other members of the resistance john All right, time for Ask the Resistance. Let's get to some questions over here. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? Uh, All right, so we have a few. So uh, longer than usual episode today. We could have ended (laughs) it right there. We could have done it, but we're not going to. We're not going to do that. So here we go. Uh, We have a question here from nerdy underscore Seb 11542. At Sebast81300. Way to get your handle, nerdy underscore Seb11542. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from. But thank you for the question. (laughs) We'll just call you nerdy. Uh, So nerdy asked, is there a certain aspect of Star Wars you'd like to see more of? For example, for me, it's more of the scientific side. So Lacey, what, what do you think about this? Is there a certain aspect of Star Wars I'd like to see more of? Great question. Uh, romance. I'd like to see more romance in Star Wars. I think that the sequel trilogy didn't really have those those moments, that thread of romance that makes every kind of action-adventure movie really great, um, from Indiana Jones to whatever. You know, there's always, like, this, like, element of romance that everybody likes. Um, I think that recently, probably the best one we've seen on screen was Han and Kira is the best recent done romance. Um, but even then it didn't end well. So I'd love to see a romance in Star Wars that had somewhat of a happy ending and someone didn't die. That's what I want more of. I think they all kind of end like that, don't they? <laughs> just just one. Just give me one. Like just one. Han and Leia, Padme Anakin. Han and Kira. <laughs> o- Obi-Wan and Satine. Kanan like, and Hera. Just, like, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. give me one, Lucasfilm. <laughs> Please. All right. Um, all right. Next, we have Alex Zukas at Zubaka. What's up, buddy? Uh, assuming the Nile get dealt with in the High Republic series, could we see them come back as a threat after the rise of Skywalker. James, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with no. Um, but the reason being, because I, th- I think that the Nile has a lot to do with the Republic focusing too much on the core planets 
and you know kind of leaving that wild wild west and uh again like when the empire came around like you know they start messing around in the the outsides and stuff but we didn't see any sort of resurgence of the nile then and i think even further down the line if they if they wanted if people wanted to say they have the same problem as the nile did uh like a core planet kind of issue um it's just going to be its own thing. I don't think like 300, 400 years that somebody's going to like resurrect the idea of the Nile, um, even though they were a threat and theoretically crushed the Jedi. Um, I, I just, I just think if we are ever going to get the story where Ray builds the Jedi back up to what they are and somebody says, we need to take this down that they would resurrect the name of the Nile. Uh, I mean, that would have been so long ago at that point and almost no sort of, family connection to that at all so I, I don't know I think it'd be kind of weird so I'm gonna guess no but hey maybe always possible alright a big denial by James on that theory <laughs> how uh, long did it take you up, to come up with that three seconds uh, RBM <laughs> at RB R-A-Y-M so guys we gotta work on some handles here so we gotta close. work on this yeah if you need Mark right, Hamill just Mark got his Hamill. handle yeah I was gonna say yeah I actually just registered Hamill himself, so now I, I took that account. <laughs> I'm sure they probably were like, no, no one could have this. Uh, all right, so RBM says, Rebels show that Force users can be animals and creatures. Will we see any Force using animals or creatures in Ahsoka? I like that um, I think so. I, I really feel like they have decided, just by what's being reported with casting and, and rumors and... Um, the teaser in Ahsoka's episode of The Mandalorian that really this whole Ahsoka thing is going to be a live action successor or sequel to Rebels. And I think with that is going to come the aesthetic of Rebels and the things that came with it. Um, So I think we are going to see those types of mystical creatures and stuff that are in tune with the Force and can communicate uh, using the Force and that sort of stuff. So... How far they take it, I'm not sure, but being that it's Dave Filoni and he's the one who sort of created that aspect of the natural force and how, uh, you know, sentient but non-sentient creatures can flow uh, through the force, I I think it's almost a guarantee that that's going to happen. So, um, I'm excited to see it and see what they do with that there. There was even the the tease of the condors or whatever it was in the Obi-Wan Kenobi Yep, they uh, fly out teaser, of the where they show the, the green owls or whatever flying or something that looked like it anyway flying uh, on screen. So I, I'm curious what they do with the Ahsoka series, but I think it's going to be almost a guarantee because I really do feel like if they had plans for an animated Rebel sequel, they have fully, they, at least for now, it appears that they have fully shifted that to continue that story in live action, which is very interesting. So I say big yes. Um... All right, so that takes us to the the end of the show. Uh, We want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. If you are new to the show, uh, in addition to what Lacey went over before, um, just make sure you spread the word because you are the biggest reason for our growth, uh, especially on things like Spotify. We've seen a a lot of growth over there. And you rating the show on Spotify, which I think right now, knock on wood, we're one of, if not the top-rated uh podcast on spotify and that's thanks to everyone out there for taking the time to literally go there to our page on spotify and rating us uh, hopefully five stars and when you do that i think we show up more in searches and more people find us uh because it's crazy a lot of people don't know about 
Star Wars podcasts and a lot of people aren't even into podcasts. So uh, we always need your help. So anytime you can let a friend know, even if, if you're going to celebration or if you're out somewhere and you know someone who likes Star Wars, just say, hey, check out the Resistance broadcast. You can find them right on your phone right here. Bing. Two seconds. Mm-hmm. Quicker draw than Cobb Van. Um, <laughs> but spread the word. We really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're also going to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And uh, we took a week off from just like the movies, but we're going to be back uh, tomorrow with our episode on The Godfather. And it's probably going to be pretty long, uh, but uh, it should be a really good one. So check us out on your favorite audio podcast app. Um, James. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. And uh, also a little bit of an experiment that we're doing. We're going to start doing a couple shorts, uh, YouTube shorts. Um, I don't know where they also might show up as far as like Instagram or something like that. But uh, but look for those as also like kind of regular videos if we end up doing uh, more of them. But they're just like a minute long and we'll we'll take a question that we got maybe from like one of our patrons like a will of the force question that we didn't end up using on the show um they submit them so we'll 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 answer the questions and do it in one way or another and uh so look for those and get a little little bonus little thing extra each week from us in a one way or another keep an eye out. extra minutes extra minute yeah yeah uh lacy People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin, Um, and I am now a club captain on Patreon, so I'll be hosting a workshop for people if they're interested. Uh, wow. More details coming soon. Why'd you do that voice? Because it's kind of weird to promote myself like that, so I feel awkward. But what, if, what voice is that? Is that Kristen I don't know. Wig? It's me feeling awkward. Now you're pointing it out. My hand stuff started sweating. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, stay tuned for more details. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you to everybody. Uh, on Thursday, the gloves are coming off because I'm going to beat the snot out of James in Who Are You? I'm not playing, but I'm so. asking. <laughs> uh, no, we'll see. James, do you have anything you want to say about that? Uh, R.I.P. John Hoey. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'll come back as a force ghost and slap you upside the head. Oh, remember when everybody um, wanted that to be the Rise of Skywalker? Like, Mark Hamill, Luke needs to come back and haunt yeah. Kylo. He's going to be like, like a scary, scary person bugging him all the time, and it's going to drive him crazy. And I was like, I don't think so, guys. It sounds weird. <laughs> Sounds very yeah. uh like Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> Yeah, but uh it is happening. So we're gonna play our quote guessing game Thursday. So uh get your rewatches on so you can play along and, and sure sure enough do better than we do, but we're gonna have a good time. But until then, enjoy your week and we'll see you on Thursday with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you Bye. around kids.